This podcast is a Pardes Bible Raps co-production, written and performed by Bible Raps. For more online learning, visit www.elmad.pardes.org. Learned or I learned or I learned or I learned or a bit by bit from alphabet to sentences to passages to pages with phrases from sages of baby. Learned or I learned or a baby, I'll be there for you. And learning being a source of inspiration, learning being the greatest adventure, learning being a source of joy. This is Matt Barr, the Bible rapper. And this is Eden Pearlstein, a.k.a. E-Prime from Darshan. And we are out here for a live recording at Limud, Midwest, Chicago, Milwaukee, and all the surrounding Midwest areas. Make some Torah loving noise! We are fortunate enough to have the great rapping Rebbe, E-Prime, in the house, in the building, in the Midwest. He's going to teach us a little bit about Sukkot. Aliza thinks this is funny, but that's all good. we got a live studio audience. So, uh, E-Prime, take it away. This is a song um, that I wrote uh, a number of years ago. Um, for as a collaborative project with the JCC in San Francisco. Um, they did uh, some sort of installation exhibit for Sukkot. The exhibit itself was called Gimme Shelter. So in classic hip-hop fashion, I was like, oh, ding, ding, ding. I'm going to sample Give Me Shelter from the Rolling Stones. I'm going to just like insert myself as the dude who did the title track for the whole thing. And I'm going to allow the Rolling Stones to kind of then all of a sudden become a little bit of a petite cut or like an opening uh, as they do in Midrash. Um, and now all of a sudden Rolling Stones is also commenting, co- commenting on Sukkot or Sukkot is refracting light into, into the Rolling Stones. We're kind of in... Part of my signature style, which is when I work with um, texts or themes or ideas, as, uh, as you may have heard last night or you might hear in a more concentrated and kind of intimate form right now for the recording of this podcast, which is that I'm, I'm not going to say much straight out. I'm not going to say Sukkot is like this, or we're going to take some leaves and build a building or something like that. <laughs> That's more my style. That's more my style. It's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be very associative on a certain level. The way I write, um, I'm, I'm, I'm less trying to say a specific thing and more trying to speak from within a certain spirit or allow a certain energy to come through me and kind of ping pong um, or pinball through all of the different states of my consciousness and learning and experiences and, and all these different things. So oftentimes, if you were in, in the first session I did on Friday night, a lot of people's interpretations or what they hear in the poetry is 
just as good, if not better, than what I would say, oh, this is what I was thinking, or this is what I've reflected on afterwards. And people are often teaching me about what's embedded within the material just as much as I'm presenting something new to them. So, um, so give me shelter. There's no chorus um, because the chorus is from Rolling Stones in the song. never been told the glory of the heavenly throne means more to me that could ever be shown in a story 40 years locked in his own the glory of the heavenly throne means more to me than can ever be shown in a story 40 years locked in his own and i'm slowly starting to grasp unfolding poetry of the past and the molding metaphor holding hands full circle future tense fire dance and the molding metaphor holding hands full circle future tense fire dance we under Eagles wings. My people sing, feel freedom ring. Night like a blanket, the moon is my pillow. All the stars at the banquet weep like a willow. Heart like a home, it's the ark of the covenant. Wherever you roam, phone home to the mothership. Prayer picks the locks to the gates of the garden. But you gotta walk the talk to make it back to the heartland. Heart like a home is the ark of the covenant. Whatever you want, phone home to the mothership. Prayer picks the locks to the gates of the garden. But you gotta walk the talk to make it back to the heartland. So, what are you guys hearing in there? Any questions, comments, or just like, oh, that relates to Sukkot in this way? No, I, I heard that time through... You know, the blank, like you said, blank night, like a blanket, like this kind of enveloping feeling that, that eagle's wings, these things are kind of like the metaphors for what the sukkah represents and being uh, in that shelter. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, and how it builds kind of from this almost, almost like prophetic, like the prophetic revelation, like hearkening back, um, you know, to these images of a fiery throne, um, but that how that, how that kind of... Uh, how Sukkot is kind of that mystical thing, you know, that is part of that mystical experience of being covered and enveloped in this in this way by all, all parts of nature. Um, that's really what yes. I heard in that first first verse for sure. Awesome, yeah. like exactly like you pointed out, like moving from like the prophetic and the textual and the ancient and the mythic, then and and then kind of seamlessly starting in that place. And then kind of all of a sudden you find yourself not in a in a story or in the myth or in the narrative, but in the sukkah. Mm. And, and and it's you're dealing with the night and the night sky and the stars. And of course the, the the those things are totally connected because the sukkah both connects us to the narrative of our history and the myth which specifically as the sukkah, as they say, the original thing when you build, we built Sukkot to remember when we were wandering in the desert and the Sukkot that we built in the desert. So it's, it's both the story, but it's also the experience. It's meant to technology and, and tool and ritual meant to help us emulate and experience what that vulnerable wandering experience was like when we were, you know, the, our stability and, and protection and it was so fragile and the, and the thin veil between us and nature and God and, and all of these things um, was, was so thin and, and such a permeable um, and, and fragile structure that, that we were aware of 
Um, and, and so immediately it's like, you know, when I wrote those lines, and, and of course we know that the roof of the, of the sukkah, you have to be able to see the stars. Yeah. You have to be able to see the sky. You, have, you can't construct something that's so containing that you can have the illusion that you're really safe and that you can predict what's going to happen and that you're secure against whatever might come next. And night needs to be the blanket, right? It can't, it can't be a, a real cover over the roof that night takes exactly. the place exactly. of the roof's cover. Exactly. And in that state, the night like a blanket, the moon is my pillow. So it's just like expanding that whole thing where it's like, oh, I, because Sukkot, especially for us, when we're like in these hard walls and protected, you know, we've got our little shells around us like we're mollusks or yeah. something. It's like <laughs> Sukkot is the day when the turtle, you know, the seven days when the turtle gets out of his shell and dances, right. um, you know, and uh, feels the wind on its belly again. Right. It just like comes I am alive, and it comes back yeah. alive. And, yeah. and Sukkot is designed to like help us animate and embody again, not just in our own bodies, but in the earth body. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, you're looking around, you're like, yeah, like you know, we're so scared of nature so often. Yeah. But Sukkot is like, oh no, the night sky—that's my blanket. Yeah. What's more comforting than a blanket? Oh, the moon—that's my pillow. And it gives you, and then all of a sudden we get like a little bit anthropomorphic where it's like, night like a blanket, the moon is my pillow, all the stars at the banquet weep like a willow. You know, so all of a sudden then the, star, the stars are joining us at our suda that we have in the sukkah. And not only that, but we're not, we're, we're, we're seeing nature and the world as something comforting and accessible and mutual and sentient. The stars are weeping. We're not just like, oh, I like the moon, I like the stars. It's like I'm connecting to them on the level that that they're that I'm I'm connecting to what the stars are emoting. Yeah, you yeah. know, the world is alive. It said, it, you know, there's a there's a famous Kabbalistic saying that I love. It's very short. It's very poetic. Um, it's very beautiful. Adam Alam Adam Alam Katan Alam Adam Gadol. The human is a small world. And the world is a big human. <laughs> the, world, the, the entire world is one big sentient organism, just like a human being is. And the human is an entire cosmos and universe within themselves. That's why they say if you save one life, it's as if you save the entire world. So that's a parallel of that teaching. So Sukkot is a time that allows us, and the sitting in the sukkah is, is a time that allows us to kind of reconnect to that truth. So those are just, that, that's like two bars within that, that expands into this whole thing. But, you know, but again, we kind of had to start in the mythic as we do, um, you know, somebody, uh, I think Abby Stein said in um, the session yesterday that oftentimes we're like um, getting it backwards and that we're trying to fit reality into the Torah, into religion, rather than allowing reality to kind of like inform religion um, and and trying to squeeze you know our actual experience into some like fabricated box when it's like religion is actually and prophecy is actually you know truth it says truth springs from the earth you know it's like yeah it, exactly and so Sukkot is a time to help us reconnect there but but the beginning of the verse it starts I mean it actually starts pre-Torah because the first word the first bar is a story that's never been told because there, we have the Torah, 
But what's the story that's never been told? Our story. Mm -hmm. We're telling it. And you have, you have to look at your own life as Torah as well. And that's the story that's never been told until you tell it. And then there's always, and that's why the oral Torah is constantly unfolding. So that's, that's like um, phenomenologically, epistemologically, where I'm starting out the whole writing process in the verse. Like, how am I going to get into this? It's like a story that's never been told. The glory of the heavenly throne means more to me than can ever be shown in a story. So we're already starting off. We have, we're starting, what's the story that's never been told? Our experience in the moment. Okay, then we have all these ideas, heavenly throne, and all the things that this means to me, I'm about to put them in words, but the way I really feel can never be contained, no matter how beautiful the words that I'm about to write are. And I'm going to acknowledge that right at the beginning. Before I put in a, a bunch of stuff in there. <laughs> Thank you, David, David you Kaplinsky. Kaplinsky. Goes there. You want to give yourself a shout out? Say, yo, it's David Kaplinsky. No, no. Hey, okay. it's, uh, keep it anonymous. There's, you know, davidkaplinsky.com. All right, <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. Heart like a home. It's the Ark of the Covenant. Wherever you roam, phone home to the mothership. Prayer picks the locks to the gates of the garden, but you gotta walk the talk to make it back to the heart. Okay, so when I heard that line, it made me think of Pete Kulish, Ari Tzedek. Mm. And I What's wanted, that hmm? What's Yeah, that translate that. Oh, um, open up the gates of righteousness. Um, for, I think it's like supposed to be for me. Um, and so I was wondering, um, when you think of that garden, what do you imagine? What do you imagine? <laughs> uh, um, if it's, like, if I was seeing it from the perspective of connection to um, open up the gates of righteousness, I wonder if that garden is meant to be, like, a sacred space. Um, but... I also wonder about the having to walk the walk part. Walk the um, talk. Walk the talk part, yes. Walk the talk part. Um, can you do that inside the garden? Doesn't it, it seems to me that that would be something you have to take out into the world if the garden is, like, gone at um, That, well, I would, I would equate the garden with then where the verse ends, which is the heartland. Um, heart like a home. So we're going to start there, because that's where we're going to end up also, is in the heartland, which is also where the garden is. Okay? And a sukkah is also similar to a garden in that it's a curated environment of natural plant, vegetal materials that is a bit of an enclosure. So we're going to equate on some kind of associative loose level the heart, the sukkah, and the garden, um, which on a certain level, to me, represent a place that I am striving to get to, because it's a place that calls one into presence, it's, it calls one into awareness of um, their uh, soul, as well as connection with um, their loved ones, as well as ancestors, as well as tradition and history. And as we know, Sukkot is also the holiday in which the priests in the temple 
would offer 70 sacrifices for the 70 nations of the world. So Sukkot is actually also the most universal of holidays. So in that way, Sukkot, um, that, that heart space, that sukkah space, that garden space also connects us, not just as Jews and with our stories and tradition and family, but it also connects us to the rest of the world and the rest of the peoples and the 70 languages and the 70 nations. And it also connects us to nature and the world. Um, and, and, it, and it brings the, um, a sense of shleimut and peace and wholeness and, um, and ultimate security um, and tranquility. Um, and, and the paradox of Sukkot is that we find that space even in the midst of the midbar. Exodus, Hindu, exile, wandering, Jews like destiny, stepchild. Transform table into an altar, elevate animal self and then offer thanksgiving for every day in the land of the living. Still breathing, that's an achievement. Sometimes it's good to be happy for no reason. We left home when we was just kids to follow the voice that said, Look within. Faced with the challenge of a great man's son, not erase the hate in the name of the one. Come back to the place where the story begun. Radiate beauty balanced with compassion. Old man on the mountain talks to the clouds. Without his brother's fire, water wouldn't come down. A house is strong as the foundation, but a song lives on. Just King David Thank you for listening to this Pardes Bible Raps co-production written and performed by Bible Raps. For more online learning, visit www.elmad.pardes.org.